0: Oops, wrong one. And Welcome, Hoosier fans, to another exciting episode of Doing the Work, the newest show on the Back Home Network covering IU women's basketball. I'm your host Jeff Marlowe here, my co-host Kathy Amos, and today we're going to discuss the number six and number nine, depending upon the poll today. The IU Hoosiers moved up to number six in the AP poll, and the coaches' poll hadn't been released this week. They were still they were number nine last week. Their victories over Bowling Green and Quinnipiac. But let's start this show. The way we start every show and that's with our banner moment. And this week's banner moment occurred today when on espn.com coach Terry Morn was named coach of the week by espn for the women's basketball uh for women's basketball for the wins over Tennessee, Bowling Green and Quinnipiac. Congratulations to coach Morn. And that's our banner moment for this week. Our banner moment is sponsored by Homefield Apparel. Homefield is constantly releasing new schools or updating their products for schools in their existing line. You are bound to find something for you or as a gift as we near our holiday season. And just this Monday, they dropped a new IU bomber jacket, sure to keep you warm heading into cooler weather. So whether you want to wear only IU gear or other college teams or nothing associated with a team, Homefield probably has something for you. Go to homefieldapparel.com and use our promo code HOME, H-O-M-E, to get 15% off your entire first order. That's promo code HOME for 15% off. And once again, the website is homefieldapparel.com, where one for the team. And now to give us a her insight is Kathy Amos, my co-host, with her part on the Amos Angle.
1: <laughs> Thanks, Jeff. thanks to Bob Thompson for that Um, music just for our own podcast. It's fun. So yeah, thanks Jeff. I mean, it's been an exciting, exciting a couple of couple few days since we've last talked. So the last time we got together, we had just came off our big win on the road from Tennessee and then got a couple more resounding wins here that we're going to talk about tonight. As you mentioned, coach Morin and then Mackenzie Holmes also today was named big 10 player of the week too, for her, um, her parts in all of those wins too, so that that was really exciting to see. So it's really nice to see all of the accolades that are continuing on. So we had quite a few in the preseason, which you know don't mean a whole lot until you start backing it up. And I got to say, I think our women have done a heck of a job backing it all up. So uh, to me, that that's just super exciting to to see the the starts of the season and <clears throat> just how well the team is really playing together so early on as well with so many new pieces. So excited again to, to be here with you tonight and talking about two more wins on our resume. So um, I, I think, yeah, just for me, that's what I'm I'm pretty pretty pumped to, to see that and boy get cracking that top 10 almost to the top five too mm-hmm. um yeah. <laughs> interesting though there's two other big 10 teams in that top 10 so we have now three mm-hmm. and if you look at um as well one of our upcoming opponents with north carolina if those rankings uh hold true right now on december 1st when we play them we'll have a top 10 matchup with north carolina because i think they came in at ninth eighth or ninth somewhere in there right so yeah.
0: i didn't look deep into it i just saw that you know uh, for example Uh, UConn made a a decent move up the ranking a little bit, as did Ohio State, as did Indiana. So, But I didn't get deep. I didn't look deep into it. But I want to kind of go back to a point you made, and and I I want to take it at this opportunity. Let's kind of dig in. I want your thought on this because this was something we talked about all through the offseason and the preseason about how this team would mesh together with so many new parts, both the new recruits and the tra- and the transfer portal kids coming in. And you, right now it doesn't look like they've really missed a beat coming in from last year, have they, Kathy?
1: No, I, I I don't think so. I mean, they for the most part, they look like they've been playing together for a long time. And um, I know other than Tennessee, which you know, who knows right now <laughs> while that one's gonna really hold up. Um <clears throat> we'll see how that goes. But yeah, for those maybe who haven't seen Tennessee has now dropped um three three games. They they lost to Ohio State. They lost to us. Um, Then they lost again over the weekend. And then actually just today, so forward losses, they lost to South Dakota State. So Tennessee most likely come next week, unless something really strange happens, probably going to drop completely out of the ranking. They had already dropped to 23rd or 24th. Um, after their couple of losses this weekend. So um, we'll see how that goes. But regardless, it still at the time was a great win. Tennessee is probably just, you know, struggling to find their rhythm. And that's contrary to where we are, back to your point and your question. I think we're really finding our rhythm a lot sooner than I thought we might. I thought some of these early games, even with some of the teams, were expecting to beat handily, I, I thought maybe we might still struggle a little bit or see some slow starts or see some plays that just kind of make you scratch your head. And I haven't I haven't really seen any of that yet, to be honest with you.
0: And, and I'll be honest. I mean, outside of Tennessee, we haven't played the top notch competition and and such. So we may still find some uh, a little bit of things that have to be worked on. But uh, the thing I've been most pleased with is kind of on the defensive end. They look like they've mm-hmm. played together for a while. And for Coach Moran's system uh, and, and with how she emphasizes defense, that really takes, I think, takes a while. And for them to be picking it up, I think speaks well to not only the kids she's brought in, but also to a certain degree, their, their basketball IQ that they're able to pick up so many, some things and, and, and also to pick up on the culture that this is what they do and, and such. So I really thought, I thought you brought up a great point there earlier. And that's why I wanted to kind of throw it to you and see what you thought about that. Um, anything else you want to throw in here with the Amos angle,
1: Kathy? Um, no, I don't think so, other than I guess we'd be remiss and not talking just in general about Indiana sports over the weekend <laughs> and just the resounding – um, from, you know, Friday through the whole weekend what a great sports weekend it was for all of our, our Hoosier sports. So that was really fun to see. And, oh, I miss bespoke Tennessee lost to Gonzaga, um, not uh, South Dakota state. I think, um, I'm trying to remember some South Dakota state beat somebody today.
0: Yeah. You just um, texted me that earlier and I'm trying I to did and one. I
1: can't even remember. oh uh, but anyway.
0: Yeah. But anyway, so South, it was a nice, a couple of nice mid-major wins there for those two programs. Um, but I, I will say Beautiful. this. Oh, it was Louisville. There you go. And those two teams now, Gonzaga and South Dakota State, I believe they're all in that same tournament. Those two games were down in maybe the Bahamas, all right, for a tournament, yep. one of those those type of tournaments. So I think those two teams will probably end up playing tomorrow. But maybe that's one half of the bracket. I haven't seen. I haven't looked that close at it. Um, I, I just really, you know, you were talking about the, the IU sports. Let's recap for some of our fans who haven't. Yeah. You know, we had soccer, men's soccer, one on Sunday. Boy, Sunday was the day. First of all, men's soccer. Yeah. Started first, they won, women's basketball won, and then the men won. And then you also had the football team with their big comeback on Saturday. And then also on Sunday, which was, well, it was televised on BNTN Plus, but we were probably all yeah. busy watching the women, was the volleyball team went on the road and won a top five match on the road against Ohio, or beat a top five team in Ohio State on the road. So just, it was an outstanding yeah. weekend to be a And wrestling,
1: <laughs> that's another one. Beat a Princeton
0: yeah. team, I believe was top 25. So it was yeah. a great weekend to be a Hoosier sports fan and, and, and Cheer on the cream and crimson. So, all right. So, and for those of you who didn't see the results, uh, IU played twice this uh, since we last talked to you after the Tennessee game. And that first game was on Thursday, and that was against Bowling Green. And the Hoosiers came away uh, with a ninety-six to sixty-one win. Uh, and that game, they were up forty-nine to twenty-one at the half. They really just kind of cruised. In fact, they were up twenty-eight to ten at the end of the first quarter. They just kind yeah. of cruised through that one. And then, yet on su- yesterday, excuse me, yesterday Sunday. Uh, Kind of a Matt name tip off there at noon for my time and one o'clock Eastern time. uh, They defeated Quinnipiac, Quinnipiac. I got to make sure I say it I always get it. So (laughs) Quinnipiac uh, 92 to 55. What impressed me about that win over Quinnipiac was this is a team we struggled with a little bit last year out in Connecticut. So for, to, to beat them by 35, 40, on, at home i thought spoke well for for that so kathy uh, i'll throw it to you first uh what was your as expected for um, the bowling let's start with bowling green first sure um or if you want to take both games i don't care how
1: yeah, <laughs> it's good. You know, I, I think what's kind of uh, become a theme for us is just what you were talking about with the defense. And you mentioned it a little bit with the score there at the beginning of the game. They they absolutely were locked in from the beginning of this game, um, holding, holding Bowling Green's only 10 points in the first quarter and 21 for the first half. Um, and then they would go on to still win that game 61. So they, you know, probably let up i I don't even know i want to say let up a little bit in the second half letting letting them score 40 um (laughs) i use that loosely but just in general their their turnover or their defense was really fantastic in that one i thought um and you know the fun fact uh, that i i heard during yesterday's game that we'll get to is that we're averaging turnovers of turning the other team over 20 turnovers a game at this point. And again, I understand we have not outside of Tennessee, maybe played anyone um, that's really resounding, but you know, in that game, we had Bowling Green at 16 turnovers. So I I thought from a defensive perspective, that, that game was exactly what I'm starting to really expect from this team um, game in and came out really both games. I think Quinnipiac was the same way. We held them to a total of only 55 points for the whole game too. So um, that's kind of my theme for both of those those games was um, as expected.
0: Well, and I'm going to go kind of stay with that same thing, but I'm going to look at more from the defensive field goal percentage. And that's, you know, in, in the Bowling Green game, we held Bowling Green to the game for 35% for the game. Uh, they shot 27% from outside the arc. And then yesterday we gave up a little bit more. They shot 42%. Uh, Quinnipiac shot 42%. But still, when you think about it, that's an outstanding defensive field goal percentage. That means you're making the other team work really hard. And then you combine it with what you're talking about talking about the turnovers, that just really limits you. And then I think also, uh, I'll save it for a little bit later when we get into some of the stats as well, but um, the other part is this is not a team that full court presses very much. So it's not like no. you're like, when we talked last week about Ohio, Ohio State, State. Had, mm-hmm. like Ohio State really pressing you, getting up on you. We'll We'll show a little bit of it, but we're primarily a half-court defensive team that just locks in very well defensively on that once they get into it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, so that that definitely went as expected um, for me on both both games, really.
0: I think both games. The other thing I w- I want to talk a little bit about here is an expected again after the Tennessee game. We kind of talked a little bit about depth and again better competition yep. a little bit. Yep. But then in both games yesterday and and or yesterday and Thursday, we got back into the bench. A lot of kids played. A lot of kids scored. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I, to me, that's just a positive. That means you're limiting the minutes that your starters have to play, but you're also building confidence up in some kids who may have to step in later if there's an injury or something like that.
1: Yeah, I would. that was where I was going to go, too, as as expected in both these games, which is what we want to see. We played well into our bench. And to your point, yesterday in the Quinnipiac game, all of our players that got in outside of Errol Wisney, who um, she only played a couple of minutes, every one of them scored um, at least four points. So our bench yesterday um, scored 32 points. And then in the bowling green game, they scored 28 points. So I think not only are they getting in, in these games, but they're getting really good, meaningful minutes and good contribution to what we would, um, like to see from them and I think again that's as expected in these types of games and we saw that with Tennessee that the bench is going to get way shorter but I think it's important that um, some of our you know the Alyssa, Alyssa Geary's in particular and, and Lily Meister and um, some players that aren't going to be just sitting you know towards the end of the the bench for those games we need them to get this kind of experience and a lot of run so that you know they can when we get to Big Ten play especially mm-hmm. as some of those harder games in February that we can really count on them to go out and and be meaningful contributors. And I think um, in both games, we saw our bench really get some great, great um, run in both those games
0: and that's going to help me segue into some surprises and to me i i I want to say this is a surprise pleasant surprise because how many times on here last year did we talk about we were getting outscored on the bench the bench was not giving us anything and again they weren't it wasn't anything against the kids that were coming off the bench last year it was just that wasn't what they could do they were not they really weren't scores. They were there to kind of buy you a few minutes so the starters could get a rest. But you, like you talked about, Kathy, and that's why I want to bring it up as a surprise. And, you, and again, I'll let you have what your surprises are. But in both these games, like you said, we scored 28 points off the bench against Bowling Green. We scored 32 p- points off the bench against Quinnipiac. To me, that's a pleasant surprise because even though I thought we'd have more depth, I wasn't quite sure. And, and some of that also goes to who you start. You know, if mm-hmm. Sidney Parrish was starting, then maybe you're not getting some of that bench scoring that you're getting from her and and so on. So sometimes it's all about what your starters are compared to your bench. But if you're going to get a good 20 20 to 25 points per night from your bench, this team, again, we talked a little bit about after Tennessee game. In my opinion, the floor gets higher and the ceiling gets higher for this team if you're getting that kind of bench production.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, So moving on to surprises, though, with that, I I was a little surprised because earlier in the year we had a game again that we were um, handily in control of. And I think in the fourth quarter, the starters didn't play at all. And in both of these games, I thought the starters were well into um, some of those fourth quarters. In fact, yesterday they you know, we didn't have our full bench lineup in until just only six minutes to go and we were up by around 30 points or so. Um, So I was a little surprised at that. I didn't think it was excessive. I just thought by that late into both of the games that we would see um, a lot more of our bench playing consistently and less of our starters just from, again, rest and um, not having injuries and those types of things. So um, but on the positive side, in terms of surprises, I, I thought the Bowling Green game in particular for Caitlin Peterson was a really good game. And I was um, I was surprised to see that because we hadn't seen that from her this year. And I thought uh, she really came off the bench and, you know, she gave us a good 18 minutes in that game. She got a lot of run. And then I think she followed it up Sunday with another solid performance from Caitlin. So I was surprised at her play because we hadn't yet seen that. And she was one of our question marks that we had during the offseason season. is was is Caitlin going to have, and we hadn't seen that yet. And so I really appreciated Caitlin's play in both games, but especially in that Bowling Green game
0: and i'm going to stick with that theme and, and, and but you look at the stats though nobody played more than 30 minutes of the stars i get yeah. what you're saying but nobody played more than 30 minutes and even in some of the games we played last year against a Quinnipiac, how we would talk about how Quinnipiac, many minutes yeah. yeah but i mean just in games like this that were kit, the the players were the starters were playing a lot of minutes and you look at mac Mac only, uh, she played 22 minutes on Thursday. She played 21 minutes yesterday. I mean, so she's really only playing about, and I like that. And A, because of what we said, we talked about at the beginning of the season, Coach Morin said she was a little bit behind on her conditioning, but also she's going to play a lot of minutes in Big Ten play against a lot of really good post players. So if you're able to save her a little bit, I like that. To me, the pleasant surprise as well yesterday was also the fact that Alyssa Geary finally yeah. got to double-digit minutes and put double-digit points up. And I'll save yeah. a little bit of that as well when we get inside the numbers. But um, is, other than that, but again, also, like I said earlier, kind of a, sp- the, a surprise here is how well this group, maybe not even offensively, but more so defensively, how well it's gelled so far.
1: Yeah, I mean, I said it was what I was expected, but that's because they've they've gotten me very quickly accustomed mm-hmm. <laughs> to expecting good defense. So, yeah, it, I if you would have asked me that at the beginning of the season, I would tell you I was very surprised at how well they've been playing defensively. So um, it, it's now become expected pretty quickly for me into the season. So I love it. But, yeah, Alyssa Geary was also another pleasant surprise. I want to mm-hmm. come back to her for just a second. She, she I thought, played From the beginning, at least from the time she got into the game yesterday against Quinnipiac, I thought she really looked like a different person. She looked a lot more comfortable being out on the floor with everyone um, from an offensive perspective, especially.
0: Yeah, and and we've been kind of waiting for Alyssa Geary to have that type of game. But and and like I said, also you you know you brought up like for example Caitlin Peterson, but it's also a kid like Lily Meister. It's a kid like Alexi Bargesser who we thought might even get redshirted or at least have limited minutes. And so far, they've been trusted to be kind of you know er, you know not early rotation, but be part of the main rotation.
1: Right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, Bargesser got in in that Tennessee game even and gave us a couple of nice minutes there too. So really been surprised with our freshmen um, outside of Garzan. Gar- um, and even to be honest, Garzon. I wasn't, I heard a lot about her and I've seen a little clips and stuff. I wasn't quite sure how good she would be. She's, she's definitely surpassed my expectations. That's, from my perspective again. Um, but I'm also a, <laughs> a type of person where I kind of temper my expectations until I get to see them play a lot. So, um, the, that for me is probably why she's exceeding them because I, I try to keep them, keep my expectations kind of low and tempered and grounded until I see it. And now, um, each time, uh, I think my expectations for her in particular are just going, um, up each game so i've Are been you, really surprised with her
0: is that allowed as an iu fan and if anything we're allowed to temper expectations aren't we supposed to just expect, i know i don't care whether it's football or men's or women's basketball or even to a certain degree soccer or baseball aren't we supposed to just expect to be final four or you know playoff type teams i or, think so you know. i don't
1: know why i think i'm some anomaly <laughs> for some reason and, and usually i'm actually quite usually a, a fairly positive person i think so i don't know why that that's my case i don't know
0: yeah. so, <laughs> so i don't have anything else under surprises what do you have anything
1: no nope that probably takes care of it all
0: right so let's move inside the numbers and let's start with the the uh, bowling green game and i'll let you go first a team stat or two that you want to focus on
1: yeah, I'll start with a negative because I don't think there were a ton of negatives in either game, to be honest. But on the negative side for the team, I thought their turnovers were really uh, – this was an anomaly so far this year. They've been actually pretty good with the ball. I thought they came out um, from an offensive standpoint in the Bowling Green game and didn't look quite as focused. And I'm trying to find my notes if, if I remember. They 18. ended up with 18 turnovers, but I thought a lot of them came in that first quarter. Um, but oh. uh, but maybe not. So anyway, they're, yeah, they had 13 turnovers in that first quarter wow. alone. So most of I them came Yeah, I still have the stats tracker up (laughs) where you can break it down by quarter. I didn't keep a track of it either. I just remembered it. So uh, anyway, the the good thing was that even though we had 18 turnovers on the positive side of that, if you're going to look at a positive, it didn't learn lead to points for Bowling Green. They only ended up with six points off of our turnovers. That is something they're going to really have to watch when they go up against other teams, especially like Ohio State, Ohio State. I don't remember which game it was, but they had one of their teams by the end of the third quarter, they turned over 30 times. Um, So we're really going to have to make sure we don't slip into that and have and maybe it was, again, coming off of that Tennessee win. They just looked a little bit not quite there offensively. Defensively, obviously, like I said, keeping them to 10 points in the first quarter, I thought was great.
0: I'm going to go kind of more positive on this. Not that your negative was bad. I just think that, um, but I'm going to go the other way here, the points in the paint. And 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 again, this probably shouldn't surprise fans of IU women's team. This, you know, we have one of the best post players in McKenzie Holmes, but it also shows you, we have kids who can get in the paint off the bounce or, or, or with our, with our passing game. Um, in the Bowling Green game, we outscored them 54 to 26 in the paint. That's a plus 28 in the yeah. paint. And then, we outscored uh, Quinnipiac 42 to 20, so a like plus 22. So, I mean, to me, even in the women's game, and we talked a little bit about this, and their three-point shooting, was I thought was fairly consistent. I'll come back to it in a little bit. But if they're just hitting seven, eight threes a game, it, they, that's kind of where the game is gone, even in the women's game, except for Grace Berger, who we all love with her, her mid-range game. It's yeah. shots at the rim or threes. And, and, and they're getting, when you're shooting the way they are uh, as well, th- that that's a huge number. Now we'll see if it can continue as they get, especially in the big 10 play up against North Carolina, who we expect, you know, post players to give us a little bit more of a battle, but that's, again, that's not all coming from McKenzie Holmes. I mean, when you have 54 points in the paint or 42 points, that's not all for Mac, you know, so right. that tells you a little bit about what the offense is doing.
1: Yeah. Um, I agree with that. I had that written down as well. Um, I'm going to come back to the three-point shooting because I think I have a slightly different look than than you do because while each game I think ended up okay from a three-point shooting percentage, they were almost like the tale of two halves between the two different mm-hmm. games. So um, the, the Bowling Green game, um, our three-point shooting in that first half, um, was 45 percent ended up 37, so it definitely took a dip again in that second second one. But it was really quite stark in the Quinnipiac game. So we came out just completely on fire in that Quinnipiac game and made six of 14, which was 43 percent in the first half. And then we came back in the second half and we were one of eight. Um, and so we ended up with only 32%. So, uh, you know, 32% is fine. But when you start off at 43%, that tells you how much they dropped off in that second half. So, to me, I think I would like to see a little more consistency still in that three point shooting. Um, just, and it's hard to, it's hard, I feel like I'm nitpicking now because you're still ending up, you know, in the mid 30s, low 30s. But you, it's hard when you know if we're again we're in a close game to go one of eight and a half. Um, I think that's probably got to be more consistent if we're really going to make some good run um, later on in the uh, the postseason, especially. But they're shooting enough of them and they're making enough of them that it's keeping the defense honest, and yes. I think that's more important. Then, if that 32% becomes 35%. But what are your thoughts on that?
0: Well, I'll agree with you, especially about yesterday. I paid a little more attention to it yesterday because they started out five for seven. And part of that was because Yarden Garzon was like three yeah, for three or four for it. four by herself. But yeah. but they were five for the first seven. So that means they went two for 15 the rest of the game. So I totally agree with you. And then if you go back to the Tennessee game a little bit, they were a little bit like that. They had a stretch in the second half where they really couldn't buy one. Um, and so they do, they do they are a little bit streaky. But for me, it's, I think, like you said, I look at it more from the volume and the mix. If you can hit seven or eight out of 21, seven out, eight out of 22, then I think you're going to keep defenses honest. And plus, we have seen also that by keeping it honest, it forces teams to come out and guard. And that gives a place for like a Grace Berger, yeah. a Sarah Scalia a, 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 Chloe Moore McNeil to be able to drive off the dribble and create something either for themselves or for somebody else. And so I think that's why it's important that you got to keep the, you know, again, you want to be more consistent. I totally agree with that part of it. Um, from there, uh, I'm going to also stick with one more team when I wanted to talk about Kathy okay. and, and, and that was rebounding. Um, we out rebounded Bowling green 47 to 28 and then we outreap, and but the matchup yesterday against Quinnipiac, we only outrebounded them 32 to 27. Now, part of that could be because they're, they're, they weren't missing as many shots, yeah. they shot so That's well, as and so there weren't as many opportunities maybe to get some offensive rebounds. But when this team is locked in on the defensive end and, 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 and rebounding and we're limiting teams to one shot, That it just makes it that much tougher to score against because they're already good defensively. So other teams need second and third shots.
1: Yeah, I, I I like the defense as well. Um, the other number I wanted to talk about a little bit was the assists <laughs> um, as a team. So, and of course, we got it. We're on you know Grace Berger watch. So she had six assists in that um, Bowling Green game, and then threw in another six yesterday in the Quinnipiac game. But again, like just and it's all around though. She's not the only one. It's it's, it's a team effort. You had twenty five assists for their. Um, 60 or 40 made field goals rather in uh, the Thursday game. And they had another 24 assists here on uh, 35 made field goals. So it just really, um, how coach Moran likes to say they're really sharing the sugar. And I love seeing that. And it just, again, back to our comment at the beginning of what has surprised us. How well they're gelling. We talked about how well they're gelling on the defense, how well they're sharing the ball and turning them into points on offense, I think also speaks a lot to how well they're coming together so quickly.
0: All right. So let's go to an individual or or, or some individuals. Let's start with the Bowling Green game. Who do you want to start with?
1: Um, well, I think um, for me, I am probably will start with Sydney Parrish coming in off of the bench there. She had 19 minutes that she came in and she ended up with a, her first double double as a Hoosier. So 11 points and 10 rebounds. Um, she was five of nine from the field goal range um, and just really great. Again, she's one of those players that anytime there's a loose ball she's flying in from wherever she's at and really going after it and I love seeing that now sometimes that leads to some some fouls that so we saw that I think a little bit yesterday I think she ended up with a number of fouls yesterday but in that that um, goboling green game in particular that double double was just really strong effort from her and I really enjoyed Sydney's play on on Thursday.
0: I'm going to go with one of our other wings there, and that's Sarah Scalia. Sarah Scalia in the game against Bowling Green in 26 minutes, 17 points, four rebounds. She was five for five at the free throw line, two um, and and five for eight from the field, two of five from the three point line but she also had three assists and two steals and probably, and and we all know what Sarah's really capable of. We saw her at Minnesota. We saw her what she did against us last year. And we even talked about on this show, but I I think that that's kind of what you've been waiting for. And and not that Sarah had played any bad games, but you were just kind of waiting for that game where she found her rhythm. And I thought in that Bowling Green game that, that she really found the rhythm and played well. So those stats really stood out to me for her.
1: Yeah. I I enjoyed Sarah as well on Thursday. Um, I'm going to go to somebody I mentioned earlier around my surprises. And that was Caitlin Peterson. I, I thought her 18 minutes off the bench in particular in that Bowling Green game were really fun to see. Um, she ended up going three or four from uh, for field goals with six points. And um, if I remember, I thought she had like four or five steals um, in that game as well. Um yeah, she ended up with four steals in that game too. So she's looking like she's really starting to lock in pretty strongly on defense. Um, and so if she can continue that, I think we're going to start seeing more minutes out of Caitlin Peterson too.
0: Yeah. And I'm going to kind of go to Grace Berger here a little bit and mainly yeah. great. And right now I think this is, I i don't want to say anything, anybody said anything per se, but I can just kind of get the feel of what I see online a little bit. And I think people are like, why isn't grace scoring like 25 a game well first of all she doesn't have to do that for this team anymore And like somebody, one of our followers on Twitter pointed out yesterday that this is really the Grace Berger that you may see not only going forward this year but at the next level where she really plays that role well where she doesn't have to score a bunch early, but she's going to have the ball in her hands. She's going to get the ball to the right place. She's going to get to the right person. And then if we need somebody to try and take over if the game's tight, kind of like she did at Tennessee where I thought the biggest play of the game there when they made that run was Grace making a play to get a jump shot that she knocked down. That's what I think you're going to see. But you notice, you know, but again, Grace Berger, and by the way, she moved into the number 11 spot all time in scoring yesterday. Um, But she had 14 points, four rebounds, six assists against Bowling Green, um, along with a steal. Excuse me. Um, but and I know plus minus is a flawed stat. I know a lot of people can make the debate that you should never really look at it, shouldn't be even kept. But I, I do like plus minus and you look at Grace Berger, even though she didn't score the most and she and she, and as she did play the most miss. She played 30 minutes that game, but she was a plus 33. That means we were 33 points better than the other team while she was on the floor.
1: Yeah, I I absolutely loved Grace's game, especially on Thursday. I mean, when do you not love her game? It's hard to ever say you don't really, to be honest. But uh, I thought she just had a really complete game on Thursday of all of our players. And to your point, and it wasn't just because of points, pardon the pun. (laughs) Um, Sorry, that was really poorly said. But yeah, I mean, just all of it. The rebounding, her defense, um, her assists. She six assists, again, leading the team. You didn't happen to look up where she's at on the all-time assist list, did you? I no, remember. I may
0: try and do that this week.
1: Yeah, I'd like to see where she's at too. So, in um, a block, block, only three turnovers. And again, you know, she moved into that point guard spot for us this year and really handling the ball a lot more. I thought three turnovers really is, was fine. I didn't felt like any of them was too completely um, egregious there. So, I loved Grace's game on Thursday.
0: You got anybody else you want to talk about from the? Bowling Green
1: game? Um, no, other than I think just again to mention Mackenzie Holmes. I mean, she was player of the week, so I don't want to be remiss and missing um, out on her. Um, I don't want us to fall into we're just taking Mackenzie for granted. So um, just to mention her stat line real quick, she had 16 points and eight rebounds. So just missing out on that double double, but she only played 21 minutes. So to your point, she was super efficient. And I think she's in the top 10, if not even higher in leading the country in field goal percentage. And um, we'll probably talk more about that when we get to the Quinnipiac game, but she was eight of 14, which is really great. So um, I thought McKenzie had a nice, again, well-rounded game and doing exactly what we would expect her to do. And in, in only 21 minutes.
0: Well, and I'm going to back right off that into the Quinnipiac game, into the Quinnipiac okay. game with grace, with McKenzie Holmes, 22 points on eight of nine shooting six of seven at the line. She had seven rebounds. And, you know, and, and just, you know, I thought played very well in in, inside of that. And just, again, use the word, you know, that I want to come up with here and that's efficient. And when you're eight of nine and six of seven, you know, 22 points, you, you did a nice job. And she also drew six fouls. So she was being very active in the post. And so I'll start with Mackenzie Holmes as my uh, individual inside the numbers here for the yeah.
1: Yeah, um, I'm going to jump down to another individual. We already talked a little bit about this game and I felt like it was a real good part. Um, oh, I wouldn't say coming out because, but it was a solid effort I thought from Melissa Geary. I really enjoyed watching her mm-hmm. and in 13 minutes she ended up with 11 points. So first time for her getting into that double figure range. She also contributed a couple of rebounds and assists and um, overall again in a block and overall I just thought she looked so much more comfortable within the flow of the game than we've seen her in previous games. So while the Numbers may not look out and be McKinsey Holmes. We're not expecting her to be. Um, but 11 points from her, I would take that any any game that we can get her um, to contribute those kind of uh, 13 minutes. So I, I really enjoyed Sydney.
0: And then I'm going to go to the freshman, Yarden Garzon. Uh, and Garzon was a 19 minute scored 14 points. Five of nine shooting, four of five from beyond the arc. So if you take yeah. away, if you take away Yarden and the rest of the team was three for 17. But she, she came out really was on fire in the first, first quarter, first quarter and a half from beyond the arc. And again, really I guess really should say the first quarter period because she, uh, she had all three of her three, her, she had three of her four threes in the first quarter. Um, and so she also had two assists and a steal and, and a block. So I thought Yarden again. No one say coming out because we've seen her have a couple of decent games already. But now we're just trying to get. I think with Yarden, I think the idea is can we bottle that a little bit and get some more consistency out of it um, as we go forward? Because obviously she has a skill set that really makes this team a whole lot better because of her ability to handle the ball but also has enough size to be able to shoot from outside or go inside. And then also what she can do defensively by switching basically one through three and sometimes maybe one through four.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I, I thought Yarden's that first half was uh, really good. And then she, seemed, she went quiet. Now she didn't play a whole lot in the second half. So I understand that. Um, but she did. Um, to your point, it would just be nice to see a little more consistency from her. I just didn't feel even coming out at halftime. She was quite as aggressive looking for her shot and um, taking taking things that were coming to her. Um so uh, then our other double figure score was grace of course who did grace grace uh burger things in fact i think i heard uh jeremy gray over the announcer system say that <laughs> um the, I think the PA so, yeah, announcer. yeah. <laughs> so that was fun to hear so yeah grace was again she was very very consistent for us at uh, 13 points and four rebounds and another six assists um a steal and only one turnover in that game so um as a team i, I you know we'd mentioned the 18 turnovers in the the bowling green game they did get it back down to only nine turnovers in this game. So I'm hoping that Bowling Green game was just an anomaly with their turnovers. So um, yeah, overall, the team, I think 1.3 points per possession. So really just scoring at a high level there as well.
0: And I can say as a coach, if you got a kid with a six to one assist to turnover ratio, you'll take that that any day, day, any day. So um, (laughs) again, I think I mentioned, I kind of hit everybody I wanted to hit on in the um, uh, Quinnipiac game. Do you have anybody else you want
1: to talk about? Um, just maybe just to mention Sarah about how well she played in the bowling green. I thought this game was, she was a little more quiet in this game. The, it didn't quite seem to be coming to her in terms of her range and her shot. She was 0 for three for three point, And I'm not sure we've seen that from her yet this year. If we did it, um, hasn't been much. So again, just back to our, our conversation again, about three point shooting, just trying to be a little more consistent, the same with Yarden. And, you know, I think the more they play together and the more they keep, they keep growing as a team. I think we'll see more of that. But yeah, it was a little down game for Sarah. Um, The one person we haven't mentioned in either game is Chloe Moore McNeil.
0: Um,
1: And I'm just kind of curious what your thoughts are on Chloe overall thus far into the season, maybe with these two games in particular or just in general. What you've seen, what are you surprised? Are you not surprised or thoughts on Chloe?
0: I, have been, I will say this. I was not one who thought Chloe would be a starter throughout the off season, the preseason. So that's been, I was obviously wrong on that. And, and she's played well, she's played her role. Um, I I mean, I don't have the overall team stats in front of me. I probably should print them out after every game, but she only had, she only took four shots in the bowling, uh, the Quinnipiac game. She only took four shots. Excuse me. Yeah. Four shots in the Perfect. uh bowling green game. So she's not she's not hunting shots. She's not out there no. just jacking up shots so she can get up shots. But then you also look at, you know, she had four assists yesterday and she had a steal. So she's doing things that are helping the team win. And I think right now that Chloe is just doing whatever it takes. And, and and I think that's, and that goes to so many of them, but like you said, when you're a starter, there's a lot of times you feel an inner pressure or or sometimes I don't want to say about Chloe per se, but sometimes starters will at places will be like their ego means they got to get shots up. They got to score. She's not worrying about scoring right now, and right. and by next year we may have a different conversation if she's not scoring. But but this yeah. year she just needs to play a role. If the shot's there, she's taking it. If she's hitting it, she's hitting it. If she's not, she's not worrying about it. She's not looking like I got to go get a shot to get you know get some points. So um, but whereas in the you know go kind of go back to the Tennessee game, she played well. If I want to remember, she was right around double figures or in double figures yeah. in the Tennessee game. So I, I I think Chloe is playing a really solid brand of basketball. Let's put it that way. She's doing right. the work.
1: Same for me. The thing with Chloe's play is I think it's a quiet um, piece of the puzzle that we need to have. That's and it's not scoring. And that's where I think a lot of people potentially could get into that trap and look at her her stat line. The Bollinger game, she was she only took four shots, but she made all four of them. One right. was a three-pointer. She's doing what we need her to do. And the main thing I love seeing out of Chloe is her defense. And again, you may not see it show up necessarily on the stat line with the steals, but if you watch her play defense, her hand is getting in the way of somebody driving or in somebody else's face. It may not lead to a stat line, but it's doing the things we need her to do to your point. And sometimes like in the Tennessee game, she stepped up and scored some more, um, then maybe you will some other times, but most of the time it's just her consistent stealing or her consistent pressure pressure on defense that I've really been enjoying. So yeah, I, I, I've been pretty, um, pretty happy with Chloe's play. Um, just, I just wanted to make sure we mentioned her because again, her stat lines aren't going to jump off the page most of the time, but she's doing precisely what we need her to do i really like her
0: yeah so and as we get ready to move on into game ball let's feature a little bit of bob thompson so i'm going to throw it to kathy and and i'll throw you a a chance to pay let's go game at a time bowling green who is your game ball
1: cool Bowling Green, um, I think you could have picked a number of people in either game, to be honest with you. But Bowling Green, um, I I really came down to Sydney or to Grace in this one. Again, like we talked about with Grace, it was her consistency and her play. Um, but for Sydney, I think I'm just gonna go ahead and give her my vote because it was her first double double and I just thought her aggressiveness was where we needed to be she wasn't overly aggressive she only ended up with two fouls so I just really like Sydney's play in this one and so for me I vote for her for my game ball
0: yeah uh, I'm I agree with that it was close for me too I I really thought hard about I actually thought harder about Sarah Scalia than I did Grace here because scalia's mm-hmm. 17 points four rebounds with how well she shot but again, I'm going to go. I'm going to kind of go with Sydney Parish here. The 11 points, 10 rebounds, and an assist gets her uh, her first game ball of the year. Yes. And, and if Perfect. I, you know, so with that, so we as you, if you're watching our YouTube feed, you can see that we figured out how to put a little ticker scroll across here. So that means that we now have four separate game ball winners: Yarden Garzon with one, Mackenzie Holmes one, Grace Berger one, and. Sydney Parrish now with her first game ball. Anything else you want to add in about Sydney here in the Bowling Green game, or do you want to move on?
1: Nope, I'm good moving on.
0: All right. I didn't think there was, but I wanted to give you an opportunity. So now let's move on to our Hoosier Hustle Award. And Kathy, again, I'll throw it to you first.
1: Yep. For a Bowling Green game, um, I put Caitlin Peterson down for my uh, Hoosier Hustle Award again. Um, i mentioned her already a number of times, but I just thought she really came in and played a lot more aggressive, um, but controlled aggressive, which was nice to see because I think last year um, felt like Caitlin got a little sped up. But I thought her defense was just really spot on in that game and really showed with four um, four steals and just great 18 minutes. So for me, I thought Caitlin deserved that that hustle. Yeah.
0: I'll go that way too. I think I was a little, I really didn't have one person that really stood out to me they were all doing such good things, but uh, it's hard for me sometimes to say that uh, Sarah Scalia was 17 was a hustle award type and, and and they're not trying to take anything away from her. But here, I always kind of think of the hustle as somebody who's not necessarily showing up to scoring comedy. like you said, Caitlin Pearson, 18 minutes, six points, a rebound, Uh, four steals. So when she was on the floor, she was being very active. So that means that we'll now have uh, Grace Berger with a Hustle Award, uh, Sydney Parrish leads with one and a half, Caitlin Peterson now with one, and Lily Meister has a half of a Hustle Award as we're Committing the Ryan Phillips sin of giving out more than one, so we didn't
1: it, we didn't do a very good job getting our chat mob to break the tie on that one. So no, but you know no, you know, no, you yeah, know,
0: I, I guess we'd have to ask quang and the workaholics what he thinks, you know, <laughs> of that. But but no, I, I agree. I think that um, just one of those. Sometimes I think you can have more, especially on hustle game ball. I totally kind of agree. One yes. person. But in the hustle, I can see breaking it into a two-part, you know, to a two. Yeah, so.
1: especially with some of these early games. That was yes. from the UMass Lowell game. And, yes. you know, we probably could have picked seven different players <laughs> that we could have, you know, really given some of these awards to. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. So anything else you want to add in back, Caitlin, here? Nope. All right. So those are our game balls and our Hoosier Hustle Awards. And let's go on to lingering questions. And really, before we, we get to
1: Did we do Quinnipiac, though?
0: Oh, I'm sorry. My bad. I'm. You're just seeing
1: if I'm paying attention. No, I'm just out in
0: a hurry here. I know. Um, So go back
1: to game ball. Yeah, no. Uh, Yeah, we got to go
0: back to game ball, don't we? I totally am (laughs) off my game here. Jeez, Kathy. I see what you did there. Yeah, I kind of got in a hurry. I was thinking I'm so used to it back when we did one game at a time. All right. So anyway, so, okay, so let's go to Quinnipiac. Who gets your game ball?
1: Okay, Quinnipiac, I'm totally going with McKenzie on this one. Um, It's really hard for somebody that went eight of nine shooting and 22 points and was as efficient as she was 22 points in 21 minutes, um, three blocks as well. So she was doing it on both ends of the court. To me, that that was just a very easier, an easier one for me to decide. So McKenzie for me.
0: Yeah, I'm going Mackenzie Holmes on this one as well. So Mackenzie Holmes gets our game ball for the Quinnipiac game. That gives her two game balls now. And then Garzon with one, Berger with one, and Parrish with one. So then let's move on back to our Hustle Award now for the Quinnipiac game. And Kathy, who'd you have?
1: Um, I went with Alyssa Geary on this one. We've been talking about Alyssa here, you know, with some of these early games about how we are surprised that maybe she wasn't quite contributing a little bit more. And I thought from the very first, again, time that she got in until through th- every minute that she played, I really think that Alyssa gave us a lot of hustle in this one. So, um, and again, her first double digit um, points as well, which is great, but she also contributed other stat lines. So for me, it was Alyssa Geary.
0: Yeah, I, I was going to go with Alyssa Geary here. So what that that makes it unanimous. And, and again, like you said, 11 points, two rebounds, an assist, and a block. And I really felt like she looked just more in the flow. She, For the first time when I saw her on the floor, she looked comfortable in the offense and in the defense. I've seen some decent things of her in transition in some earlier games, but in the half-court set, I thought this was the most comfortable that she looked out yes. on the floor.
1: Yep, absolutely.
0: So that will bring our Hustle Award now to one for Berger, one for Gary, one and a half for Parrish, uh, one for Meister, and a half for Caitlin Peterson. And those are our Hustle Awards. All right, uh, let's go on here. Now, let's go back to <laughs> lingering questions. And before we get to lingering to any lingering questions we may have, there was a question here from Jim and the Workaholics, yeah. Kathy. Is IU women's basketball legitimately thinking national championship or at least a Final Four?
1: I don't see why not, to be honest, at this point. Now we'll we'll know. Ask us again on December 1st, Jim. Um, and that's the, the we'll be doing a, a post-game show. We're planning on it anyway, right after the North Carolina game. I think that's going to definitely tell us a lot more, even more so than the Tennessee game. I think the Tennessee game showed us a lot. Um, but I'm not sure if it showed us as much as we thought it might have now with the way Tennessee has been playing. So I think North Carolina though is legitimate top 10 Um, you know, the little bit I've seen from them. And uh, I think there's no reason why not. This team is really starting to gel on both ends of the floor. And the biggest question I think we had coming in is how is the team going to come together, especially on defense. And right now to me, I think they're, they're showing they're coming together very well on defense. And that is, to me, a huge surprise and a positive end. So I, I, I think that's a very much legitimate question and goal for this team to have. A, at least a Final Four is not, at, at this point in my mind, out of the realm.
0: No, I totally agree. With the way they're playing right now, they should be at least having the thought that they want to go to a Final Four. Now, we've talked about this before who you match up with in the tournament, who's in your bracket, who's in your half of the draw, those types of things come out to be huge. Cause it really gets even, even just like in the men's tournament, but the women's tournament is about matchups. I yeah. thought last year they could have got back to the elite eight, just they having to play UConn in the sweet 16. They could have very easily in a, in a, in a different scenario played UConn in the elite eight. And we all would have been like, Oh, okay. That's a, you know, they got to where we were under, you know, and had a chance. Um, it just is the way it played out. Um, but I think we'll know more, not only on December 1st, I think that question really will know more. And I'm not, I'm not trying to sound like, well, duh. But I think we'll when you get to the end of February, at the end of the Big Ten season, I think we'll have a much better idea of how deep of a tournament run they will make. And the reason I say that is, as we talked in the offseason, we previewed the schedule. The back part, those last six, seven games of the Big Ten schedule is so backloaded with quality opponents. If they can get through that with winning the Big Ten or being second, in the Big Ten, whatever it may be, but if they're if they're able to get through that run and not be heavy injuries, not have any of those things come into play. But if you get to the end of that run and you're sitting there going, this is still a top five, top ten team in the country, then by all means, they are. They should be thinking Final Four. But again, you, you got to take care of business. That's why these games right now are so important. You you don't want to have a hiccup. You don't. You know, uh, we talked a little bit last week, Iowa, and, and and we may look back and be like, oh, losing it. You know, Creighton may not be a big deal. Losing to Drake or or going to overtime with Drake, whatever it was may not be a big deal at the end of the year, but right now it looks kind of like a hiccup. Louisville losing, to me, Louisville losing South Dakota State is going to shock a lot of people. But Jeff Walls will be the first to tell you, South Dakota State's got a pretty good program. They're not well known by everybody, but that's a pretty solid program year in and year out. Um, Gonzaga has turned out to be a pretty solid mid-major team. Now they're not what their men are in terms of national reputation, but they've been pretty consistently in the NCAA tournament over the last several years. So them beating Tennessee, Now, again, where it hurts us is because at the end of the year, that net rating for that may not look so good going on the road. But I would imagine Tennessee will stay in the top. If it's like the men, as long as they stay in the top 75, that's going to be a quad one road win. All right. So that's what that's all you want to do. You want to keep Tennessee's got to stay inside the top 75. And and unfortunately, that's the way they do it. I wish it was based on when you played. Because you can't control what happens to the team after you play them. But that's just the way it works. Yep. But I, I really think with what I've seen, and, and I'll be first to say, I, when I went through the schedule and I was going wins, loss, wins, loss, they're a game ahead of where I had them. I had them losing, I thought it would Me be too. a very tough, tight game down in Knoxville. So they're already Same. a game ahead. So I, by all means, I think they have, they can go, and I'm not saying they'll come out and talk about it openly. They're not going to make any hype videos about the Final Four or anything like that. There's no Super Bowl shuffle moments coming for them. But <laughs> they, you know, they, that, you know, that's, you know, that's, there's a quiet confidence with this group, especially with the kids who've been around for a while and, and talking with Sarah, or excuse me, talking with Grace Berger last year, quite a bit and stuff that you can just tell that they believe in themselves and they believe in what coach Moore is doing with the program.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. So uh, they have the pieces. Yeah,
0: And, and, and so with that, so Kathy, any lingering questions you have?
1: Um, nothing, nothing really that, the biggest one I think I, I still would like to see in, in the biggest question for me is going to be a rotation and our, our true bench depth because it's just so hard to tell in these last two games, how deep our bench truly goes. You know, it, it, And again, not trying to take anything from Bowling Green or Quinnipiac, but, you know, Alyssa Gary coming in and putting 11 points up is fine against Quinnipiac, but what is she going to do when we go against North Carolina or when we get into Big Ten play? So to me, the biggest question still is how deep is our bench? Um, I was a little concerned after the Tennessee game when, you know, we really only played about seven people. Um, We played a few more, but they only played, what, three or four minutes going off time ahead. So the depth is still a concern for me. In terms of a question, maybe I shouldn't say it's a concern. It's still a question. Um, and just it, can we be a little more consistent in making three-pointers? Not a huge question for me. I'm not really too worked up about it. So those are my two things that are on top of my brain.
0: And, and for me, it's not even so much a lingering question, but I'm going to be interested to see what a defensive mindset team brings. And I'm not saying that's going to be Carolina per se, but it, but we're, I mean, again, competition hasn't been the greatest, all right, all, outside of Tennessee, but this team's putting up, compared to what we're used to a Terry Moore team. This team's putting up putting almost up Iowa numbers. type numbers, and 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 they're putting up points now. Can they do that against Carolina? Can they do that against Ohio State and the other teams of the Big Ten? They're gonna that we expect to be near the top of the Big Ten if they can continue. And, and, and so maybe they don't score ninety like they do against Bowling Green or it's Quinnipiac. Yeah. But if they get into this, and, and for a team last year that struggled at times to get out of the fifties. If they can get into the 70s kind of easily, consistently, man, with their defensive mindset, then, you know. But to me, that's kind of the lingering question I have is, can this team score at the rate they're going against a good defense, against the better defensive teams?
1: Right. Yep. Agree with that.
0: So anything else on lingering questions, Kathy? Nope. So let's go to. What's next? And I'll kind of leave this to you. Uh, I'll kind maybe uh, give if you had a chance to look at, but we play again on Friday in Las Vegas in the Las Vegas Invitational against Auburn. So, what do you? What can you tell us about Auburn?
1: Um, yeah, I haven't had a whole lot of time to look into it. Um, so uh, if the only way I think for those who are interested in trying to watch it, I think is Flow Hoops. I do not have a subscription to it, and it seems it's kind of pricey. I think it's like 20 bucks or something just yeah. to, to get a prescri- prescription. Nope. For one Subscription. month. Yeah. Um, but they will be on the radio. So if you have any, don't have anything going on Friday night at eight 45 Eastern, you can still stream that through, um, the one Oh five feed through the Bloomington radio station. Um, but, um, we haven't, Played Auburn except for twice, and we are 0 and 2. But the last game was way back in 2018 in Bloomington, where we had a 65 53 loss. But I don't really know anything about what Auburn has done this year. Jeff, have you looked at what whatever they've done? I haven't painted, seen their name mentioned.
0: No, I think I looked up, I, I want to say they're three and two, three and one, something like that. But they haven't really played anybody yet either. Okay. And what at one time was a pretty solid SEC program yeah. has kind of fallen into the middle of the pack excuse me, SEC team. They have not been up there with Tennessee and Kentucky um, LSU over these last several years. So we'll, we'll see what, you know, what they bring, but like you, I'm not going to be able to watch it. I will say this. And we had this kind of question uh, in our ask us anything episode. I will say that I've had the opportunity a couple of times I've been out driving. I've had my phone and, and turned it over. And just, if you click the listen the listen, a mm-hmm. little listen icon on the schedule page. It, com- uh, it comes up pretty well. And I've been able to listen to, I've listened more of the men than I have at Austin, but I'm sure it works the same way. So if that's yeah. the easiest way exactly. for me, to me, that's the easiest way to get it. It, it. it just put it, especially if, and I wonder if that's because it knows that I've, I've had bought tickets before, you know, and such, but I just that's I've had better success with that than I have like tune in, but I know you've had more success with like tune in and things like that. So
1: mm-hmm. yeah, tuned in, you can do the IU app itself. You can download, you can go right to 105.1's website, just Google like 105 Bloomington and that'll come up. Um, and then you can go to dot, Um Dot com and go to the schedule. And yes, there's a little button next to you can either look at schedule and then go to the game. And next to it, we'll have a button that says, listen, that will also get you the feed. So if you want to listen to any of the games, you can, should be able to find them in a very myriad of ways.
0: And then, uh, the next day, they'll play Memphis in Las Vegas at 8:45 Eastern. Uh, IU leads that series all time two to one. The last game was all the way back in 2010 in Bloomington, and Indiana lost 80 to 71. The last IU win was November of 2009 in Memphis with a 78-74 win. So it's not this not a team we've played for a while. A couple teams here, which I like. I, I like the fact that Coach Morris found us. I will say this about: I-, I did not look at Memphis a lot here. So I have no, no idea what either. the record is, um, but this is, I would imagine going to be kind of like it was down the, uh, was it the Bahamas last year the or Bahamas. two years ago? Yeah. Um, but where it ends up being like in a hotel ballroom and the shooting background is not the greatest. And so this may be a game, these may be a couple games where we find out just how good our offense is and, and such, because, and, and I'm, I would not be shocked if one or both of these games ends up being within 10 to 15 points. I think they're both knock on wood. I think they're both wins, but I would not, I would not be surprised to see either of these two games, maybe be a little tighter than, and than people might think just because yeah, of that. That's
1: kind of what I was thinking too. Yeah. I, I think they're probably, I, I would expect Memphis as well to be maybe just a little bit higher quality than some of the teams we've had so far yes. outside of Tennessee. So, so we'll see and being in so, a, you know, neutral environment in some weird ballroom, I'm sure is going to help. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, yeah, I just don't. But we'll talk about these two teams. We will be back. Uh, speaking of some programming notes, we will, our next show will be a week from tomorrow. Uh, that will be November 29th. And that will be at 8 o'clock Eastern, 7 o'clock Central. We'll talk about those two games. We'll also preview the upcoming UNC game. And then Thursday after the UNC game, December 1st, Kathy and I will have a live post-game show after the North Carolina game, so be looking for those two uh, shows coming up. Uh, we've been keeping you updated. Uh, I hate to take the credit for it, but Kathy, you know, because Kathy and I run, run the Twitter account together. Uh, but we've been keeping you updated about who's your alums and they've been playing around the around the world, mainly in Europe. In fact, specifically in Europe, uh, and right now they're they're kind of off. they but pretty much all the leagues seem to be taking like the th- week of Thanksgiving. And that first week of December are kind of off. So, and I wonder if that's because they allow their people maybe to travel back to their home countries and stuff, you know, during yeah. that time to, to see family. Um, so, but I, I just know that there's going to be about 10 days here before anybody plays again. Um, so won't be probably too many updates. One thing I'm thinking about doing is maybe updating where they are, at least on their season stats and how their teams are doing in their respective leagues um, with that. Um, You can follow us speaking of which on Twitter at DTWIUWBB, that's at DTWIUWBB, or simply go to Twitter and type in doing the work, leave a space, doing the doing space the space work and you'll find us on our twitter feed kathy and i uh, have been trying to work that uh, i was running the twitter feed yesterday uh, but kathy has done it as well so we usually try to up keep the twitter feed active during the games as well we'll not be able to do it for these two games in las vegas unless kathy i'm not sure i'll be able to listen to we've got some family plans yep. coming up here for the weekend so Same. um so but we probably won't be updating but especially in the once we get to the north carolina games one of us will be updating the Twitter feed. If you want to follow, if you can't listen or watch, um, AC radio will have their post game show tomorrow night after the little rock game, but there will be no, which is, I'm sorry, Wednesday. Sorry. You're right. Wednesday. (laughs) They will have their uh, post game show after the little rock game, but there will be no show on Thursday due to Thanksgiving. No, no AC radio on Thursday. Also be sure to catch and subscribe to the next episode of crimson cast part of the back home network. Um, that is part of our family as well and so those are our programming notes and and before we move on to last call all right kathy last call to you first
1: yeah, just another really solid um, couple of games from our women again at home. And, you know, they're they're doing not just what we expected, but, I, you know, maybe even a little more than, and to touch your point, they're just scoring so many points. I, I wasn't quite sure that I was expecting that with a brand new team this early on into the season. But um, overall, I'm just very, very pleased with how our, how our women are playing. And and in general, just to say, I, I think I'm just enjoying the the women's basketball season this year as well. Yesterday, we had Stanford and South Carolina going at it and going into overtime and number 1 versus 2 and just some we had some upsets early on if you, for those of you who might have missed it Iowa was taken to um overtime by by Drake and then um got beat by Kansas state down in Kansas state. And so we've had some surprises as well. And so it's just been an exciting basketball season for women's basketball all around. And so I, I'm just really enjoying being able to watch so much of it. I, I really appreciate that. You know, it seems like a lot more being televised, you know, again, that Stanford South Carolina game was on ABC yesterday afternoon. So, um, just having the opportunity to see it and having really good quality products being put out by a lot more universities, I think, is just a lot of fun. So I, I'm enjoying the women's basketball season in particular this year. It's It's been good so far.
0: Yeah, and I think we and I and I said Creighton earlier, but thanks Kathy for for yeah. the correction. Uh, Iowa lost at Kansas State, not Creighton. Um, but I agree, it's just fun, and obviously it's more fun when your favorite team, our favorite team, is playing so well. But it is enjoyable to see the women's game getting more. Uh, a broader coverage let me put it that way and yes I watched I missed about the first quarter first quarter and a half yesterday the Stanford game you had texted me and I wasn't watching I kind of was in between games and I was watching a little football and and my family wanted to watch a movie on hbo max so we did that so you know it was kind of but i did watch quite a bit of the end but i did not see the overtime i had to go away and not see the overtime so but i will say this and i'm not trying to plug anything i just one of the things just personally you know with the streaming service i have you probably can guess who it is but it bundles espn and disney plus together and so i have access to a lot of games on espn plus i'm not trying to tout that service or anything so don't take this as an advertisement for that service (laughs) but it just it's amazing how many games you can find on there on espn plus and 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 so but unfortunately this is not one of them this this weekend and and obviously because of where we are in the big 10 we still sometimes have quite a few women's games on btn plus now i don't subscribe for anything other than the iu package but i do know you can get all the games if you really wanted to watch that much women's college basketball you could get everybody and watch all those games but um but it is like you said. You're starting to see Fox. You're starting to see FS1 and and as well carrying women's basketball. So I think it's an exciting time for fans and and, and also players to be a part yeah. of, uh, of of women's basketball.
1: Yeah, well deserved too. So very yeah. happy to see that. So, all right, Kathy, you got anything else you want to add before we sign off tonight? Nope. I think I'm, uh, believe it or not, yapped out. <laughs>
0: I'm kind of getting there too. So, but uh, we hope you guys enjoyed the show. If you want to watch our show live, you can just go, you can go to YouTube and watch us on on our YouTube feed. That's assemblycallcom slash YouTube or excuse me, you, uh, youtube.com slash assembly call. Thank you. If I can read my own page. Um, and also we want to, if you would like to see our content in the community, you can join uh, the assembly call community by going to join.AssemblyCall.com and join the, community there and you can get access to the content we have there as well as some of the men's basketball and to our our friend Ari who is showing up in the workaholic chat Ari does an outstanding job of covering the other sports uh for Indiana that show up in the community so take an opportunity to check that out if you want to see that we'd like to thank bob thompson for his music that he has provided for us that you've been hearing here tonight we'd like to thank john ringer of rig design for designing our logos as you see we've been putting up we have a a couple of them three four of them that john did for us that we've been using and switching in and out um, from there so we'd like to thank that and again we'd like to thank all of you for being here tonight and no, or however you listen to us on on the podcast side we like we thank you for all that and and keep spreading the word uh, kathy and i uh, have been talking to people they've talked about how much they've enjoyed the podcast so spread the word and help other people find out about it and until then keep your elbows in your eyes on the rim and go hoosiers good night everybody
1: good night Woo!
0: all right so, and then Quang tells me ESPN plus stinks. <laughs> yeah,
1: they kind of all do.
0: <laughs> yeah, they kind of all do. Um, so, but yeah, that's, I, that was where I was watching the men's soccer yesterday. They were on ESPN plus. Okay. So, so they were cool. there and um, with that. But I'm surprised uh, Ari and you and I had this in a text discussion. I'm surprised it took the NCAA this long to figure out that they could sell the rights to those kind of Olympic sports to one entity. Sorry a lot more, yeah. more likely. Um, right. so with that, um, yeah, so good show tonight.
1: Yeah, that was fun. I yeah. wasn't sure how we would do with a uh, two, two, um, blowouts like that, but
0: yeah. sometimes those somehow can we hard. magically
1: always find something to talk about. It's good.
0: <laughs> oh, anyway, I will let you go. Uh, yes. so I will see you again next Tuesday. Enjoy your Thanksgiving. Thank you. you and Sean Me have too. an awesome Thanksgiving.
1: Yes. And happy Thanksgiving now to everyone out in yep. our listeners. So appreciate yes. it.
0: Happy Thanksgiving to all of our listeners. We'll talk to you guys again next week. And, to, you know, we look forward to seeing you again, follow our Twitter feed and you can, we'll keep updating things there uh, as well. And, and, uh, just really fun to watch the, the IU women play right now. They they are yeah. a, a fun team to watch on both ends of the floor.
1: That's for sure. hundred so. percent agree. All
0: right. We'll talk to everybody next week.
1: All right. Good night.